A ghost gets hauled into court. A true crime story with a bizarre and honestly kind of hilarious ending. And then we take a look at the conspiracy theory that we haven't been visited by aliens before. That aliens don't control the governments of the world, no. We were existing as our own little planet peacefully in the galaxy until an interstellar probe visited us and now all the nations of the world are scrambling to create a space force today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Let's go ahead and give a shout out to our legacy Patreon for today, Jeremy Davis. Jeremy, thank you so much for continuing to support the show. You're going to be driving our vehicles today. Really, really appreciate it. If you can't support the Patreon, that's cool too. Just help get the word out about the show. That also really, really helps a lot. Let's move on to our first story. Now, Jeremy, fire up that carpenter copter. We are headed out to jolly old England. We're flying over their really tiny buildings in England. I did look it up. I made a comment the other day that I imagine England has really small buildings. The biggest building in England is like 30 stories or something like that. So yes, tiny country, tiny buildings. Giant maypole though. (laughs) The maypoles go all the way up to the sky. We're flying... We're cutting off the ribbons of the maple with the rotors of the carpenter copter. We truly are vandals of the world. We're headed to Portsmouth, Portsmouth, England. Portsmouth, England. It's April 2014. And we're going to land the helicopter in a graveyard. Ah, my loved ones, they're underneath your wheel. And I'm not talking about the dead ones. That's actually my daughter. Sorry. We just hop out of the helicopter. We've totally landed in the middle of a funeral. We're at the cemetery. Now... At this cemetery, there are a bunch of families mourning on this day. Obviously, you don't really go to cemetery to have a celebration unless you really, really hated somebody. And, you know, you're already thinking about the loss. You're thinking about stuff about life after death. You're already, you know, you're going through all these emotional responses. And then you hear among the tombstones. Everyone in the family turns. And looks, they don't see anything behind the tombstone. What? Let's just go, kids. Let's just go. But, but, no, let's just go. Another family, later, in that same graveyard later that day, is there mourning the loss of someone. Oh, oh, they look around, they don't see. What? Where's that noise coming from? I know that noise sounds like a ghost, and I know I'm in a cemetery. So I guess I know where it's coming from. It's coming from the realm of the dead, but... I don't believe in ghosts. What, what's going on? Whoa. So long story short is this guy, what happens is there's a guy playing soccer across the field next to the, <laughs> that'd be awesome if they were playing soccer in the graveyard. Hey, heads up. <laughs> they were playing soccer. This guy named Anthony Stollard, he was 24 years old. He goes, hey, mates, watch me make fun of these mourning people. And then he was jumping up behind tombstones and going, woo and moving his arms like a ghost or he was hiding his families were walking by and he got arrested for it it was basically disturbing the peace charge what's funny is the prosecutor had to reenact what he did in the trial so the prosecutor was like he was waving his arms like this and going woo that's an actual part of the trial it's an actual quote now 
what happened was his defense lawyer, he ends up pleading guilty. He's already had like a 12-month charge. It was like community service. He wasn't serving any time in jail, but he was doing some harass. He doesn't sound like that nice of a bloke to be around in the first place. He had a 12-month charge for just generalized harassment. Three months was added on top of this, and he had to pay like 20 pounds for each person he scared of that day. Which, if that's the case, oh, dude, I was so traumatized. I actually was at the... uh that cemetery in Portsmouth. They're like, sir, you can't even pronounce the name of our town. You definitely weren't here. But anyways, I was scared. Where's my 20 pounds? The thing is, is that his defense basically was, it's okay to be a ghost, but to be a ghost, when he admitted guilt, he goes, listen, it's okay to pretend to be a ghost. You just can't pretend to be a ghost in a graveyard because of the psychological. And that's funny because that is now should be the equivalent to you can't yell fire in a crowded theater because you'll get everyone to panic. I think there should be a side saying to that, if that's a term. We should make that a term as well. Side sayings. You can't pretend to be a ghost in a graveyard. That actually, it really rolls off. I just said that out loud for the first time. That really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? You can't pretend to be a ghost in a graveyard. If you pretend to be a ghost at home or in a movie theater, people are just going to be like, shut up. But if you pretend to be a ghost in a graveyard, you're adding an emotional component to it. Dude, from now on, let's all say that. Instead of someone going, well, dude, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. You just go, hey, man, there's a thing called free speech, but you can't be a ghost in a graveyard. Let's see if that catches on, dude. That'd be dope. That's worth way more than 20 pounds. You can keep your fake money. I'd much rather have invented that saying. But Jeremy, let's go ahead and fire up that carpenter copter. We are now, that was just a short little story. We are now headed back to America. We're taking off with, first off, let's exchange all of our pounds, all of this fake money for some real American dollars. Yeah, I can feel the greenbacks on my hand right here. Feels so good. Mm. I've never smelt, I don't think I've ever even held a pound. I think I've had Canadian, what are those things called? Like Canadian goose dollars or goose feathers or something like that. Actually, you know what? I probably shouldn't make fun of Canada anymore. It turns out the show's getting extremely popular up there. And Poland, it's really exploding in Poland and Thailand as well. Hey, guys, really, really appreciate how much this show is blowing up around the world. It's totally awesome. But what do they call Canadian money? Uh, it's not called a dollar. It is it is called, like, it's named after a bird, isn't it? It's, like, not a Canuck. That's a human up there, right? Or is that, a sl- is that like, a racist term for Canadians? I don't know. Um, but anyways, like, their money's called some. I thought it was called, like, let me look it up. Looney! It's called the Looney! I just looked it up. Yes, he was a bird thing, dude. Ha <laughs> ha! Good old Jason's brain. Did it again. Thank you, brain. Let's go ahead. We're fl- Wait, why are we in Canada? We're headed to America. Where did that even come from? Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy, he's just flying around in circles. We're running out of fuel, bro. We're headed back to America. We're specifically headed to the state of Illinois. So bring us on down. We're landing in a little town of Millstadt, Illinois. This story takes place in April 2006. This is an interesting one. I just saw this today. But I was just floating around. I forgot how I came across a YouTube recommendation or something like that. Let's take a look at this story. There's a young girl named Ashley Reeves, 17 years old. She had a job interview, and then she was going to go play basketball with a friend. Doesn't come home that night. Parents call the cops. Cops start looking into it. Start questioning her friends. Start questioning her boyfriend. Bring her boyfriend in. No leads. Boyfriend was out of town. Who's watching his uncle's band or something like that. But one thing that the boyfriend said during the interrogation was, 
she was going to go play basketball across town. And the cops go, why would she go across town to play basketball when there's other hoops around here? And it turns out that she was playing basketball with a student teacher. So a full-grown man, but was currently like in the process of like learning to teach, something like that. His name was Samson Shelton. He's 27 years old. She had also made comments to her friends that he, although she had a boyfriend, she was kind of seen an older man. Cops go, let's bring Samson in. Let's see what this guy has to say. So they bring him in. And they sit down and they talk to him. And he said, yeah, I do play basketball with her. from t- At this point, it's been about 28, 29 hours since she'd gone missing. Yeah, yeah, I play basketball with her from time to time. Do you do anything sexual with her? Well, no, 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 gross. Ugh. I mean, we hug. We hug, but, you know, that's not sexual, right? That's an actual quote from him. I had to watch this interrogation video. Cops kept kind of leaning on him. Well, okay, okay. We never kissed. We've never, ever kissed. We did have sex, though. Which is a weird thing to acknowledge, right? I mean, I get it. Cops are professional mind breakers. But it's weird because in the, again, that's an actual quote. We never kissed, officers. We never kissed. But we did have sex. They're probably just thinking, that's worse, right? It's not, that's not, that's not better. It's worse. Sex is worse than kissing. But anyways, they go, well, what happened to her? What happened to her? And he goes, I'll tell you the truth, officers. Tell you the truth. This is 100% truth. We did go, we were playing basketball, and we have had sex before, and I know that's wrong, but actually, you know, in Illinois, I wonder if that's below the uh, age of consent. I'm not for sure, but I know it's different in each state. But anyways, he's like, listen, we had uh, we had sex, and then we got in a fight. I wanted more out of it, and she didn't. And, you know, the, what am I going to do, force her? Because his eyes shift from side to side. And they're like, that was weird. So... I kicked her out of my car on a rural road and drove away. And I went country line dancing that night. And we know that because there's video of him country line dancing that night. So they go, well, you, this girl you supposedly care about, you know she's missing. How come you didn't tell us that you dropped her off the side of the road hours ago when this interrogation started? Well, I don't know. They go, why didn't you, after you went line dancing, if you really cared about her, why didn't you turn around? Because it was in the middle of nowhere where he dropped her off. Why didn't you turn around and go back and check? And he goes, well, to be honest, I really don't like scary movies. Again, this is so, this isn't an exact quote, but this is uh, the gist of what he said. I don't like scary movies, you see. And I was afraid that if I drove back, I would see her and she'd been hit by a car and her body would be all mangled. Did you see the newest Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie? Did you see it? And the cops like, I was like, no, I, no, yeah, I did. It was called Last Night Shift, okay? I don't go and watch movies where people take chainsaws to each other. I see enough of that all day long. So no, the cop did not see Texas Chainsaw Massacre, bro. But anyway, so he goes, I can't watch gory stuff. I can't stand gory stuff. It sticks in me, sticks in my head. So anyways, long story short, they do break him. They break this guy, Samson. They don't have to cut his hair. He gives it up. And he says, okay, here's what happened. Here's what actually happened. We did get in a fight, but I didn't just kick her out of my car. I came around, got her in a chokehold, and was trying to just drag her away from my car so I could leave, and I heard a pop. And then I realized that she was probably paralyzed, that I had done something a little too strong. 
So I now had to stage a vicious crime to take attention away from me because I'm the blue-eyed sweet boy, right? No one would ever expect me to do this. This is so bizarre. He accidentally pops her neck. And then he wants to make it look like a vicious murderer got her. He takes his belt off, wraps it around her neck, pulls, 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 finishes the job. Belt breaks, has to get in real close to strangle her out. Drags her out in the middle of the woods, drops her off. And the cops go, he's finally admitted to all this stuff. The cops go, can you tell us where the body's at? He goes, I can't tell you, but I'll show you where it's at. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Everyone hops in the cop's car. I don't know what type of siren that was, but anyways, that was the guy in the backseat just humming a tune. The guy's definitely a little off. They take him out in the middle of the woods, and they start walking through the woods. It's about a 20 to 30 minute walk from the road to where he's dumped this young girl's body. Now, there's footage of this. There's actually live video of this that I was watching online. Cops have their camcorders. They're trying to preserve the crime scene. It's late at night. They're shining their flashlights. The cops looking around, they start to think, oh, he's just, he's lying again. Like, we've been walking for 20, 30 minutes. Like, there's nothing out here. He's just lying again. Maybe we're in the wrong direction. And then one of the officers shines their light on something. It's the body of this young girl. And they're like, oh, she's over here. Come on, come over here. And you can watch this video of this girl just laying there in the cold, dark night. And they said there's just bugs everywhere. Bugs are totally biting her. Bugs are crawling all over her. And they're looking at her. They got the flashlights. And she starts to move. She's still alive. And the cops, I mean, like you see them, you, you, you don't see the cops themselves. You just see the flashlights and the camera and you see them kind of flashing on it. And they're like, yeah, we got, we got a body. And then someone, you can hear the cop almost lose his voice. Like he can barely say what he's going to say. Like he's shocked. Get an ambulance. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like, she's still alive. Now, the paramedics showed up, and they're like, whoa, she's still alive, but we don't think she's going to make it to the hospital. She makes it to the hospital. They're like, she's been, you know, choked out. She's laying out there for 30 hours. Like, we don't know what condition she's going to be in when this is all over. Today, family, she's totally fine. I mean, she definitely has some psychological issues due to it. But she's for like she had to learn how to walk again. She was in a coma for a while, but now she can talk. She was doing an interview on the show. The video is in the show notes. You can actually watch it. True Crime Daily, Chris Hansen's little network thing, which is actually pretty good. I check them out every once in a while. They covered it in like a six part series. So you have a miraculous recovery. She's doing fine. She can walk. She can talk. She can raise kids. She has a job and all that stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome. What I think is hilarious about this, like I said in my intro, Bizarre True Crime Story, the hilarious ending, is Samson, this is I. This is really one of my favorite audio clips that I've heard in a while. Samson's sitting in the interrogation room. Now, this is before they find the body. This is before he knows she's still alive. But he's being told he's going to be taken to jail. And he has these choice quotes here. Am I going to be able to get, like, my contact solution and take my contacts out and toothbrush? And... I don't think so. I can't take my contacts out either? Am I able to get, like, a little private toilet because I can't pee when there's people <laughs> around because of my urinary stress disorder? Yeah, I don't know, Sam. Well, I'll, okay. talk, I'll tell them that that's what you want, I'll but I don't know if they'll be able to do that. I'll be, I'll be miserable if I can't pee. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Samson, you get to go home, get your contact lens solution and toothbrush before you go to prison... For 20 years. And and I have to say, a man who 
uh, pops a woman's neck. Uh, anyone who assaults anybody, really, right? You're going to have penalties put towards you. But when you're assaulting children like this, and yes, 17, you're still a kid. You're assaulting people, and then you're trying to stage a murder, and then you leave her out there, and she lives. Thankfully, she lives. The idea of you never peeing for 20 years, of, of having a nervous bladder. No, you don't get your own. Not only do you not get your own urinal, bro, you have to share it with someone at all times. That is, that's justice right there, guys. Like, I just love that this guy, like, his worst fate is having to, and, and also saying, oh, I can't watch horror movies. Imagine what he simply saw in his already 13, 14 years in prison. Stuff that he probably never would have seen on the outside. And again, attempted murder. This guy's in a higher, higher level security thing. This guy's not a jewel thief. This guy's not a drug user. He's with other murderers. So the stuff that he's seen in there, if he thought Texas Chainsaw Massacre was putting stuff in his head, that's justice. So Ashley, I'm glad that you're doing well. Samson, I hope your bladder is really, really full. And um, he's almost out, though. And that's crazy that someone that callous could be out and about. I mean, they're out already, people who haven't been caught for stuff. But crazy story. Let's go ahead, though. We're running the tap. We go into Samson's cell and we turn on the tap water. He's like, no, it's already been 13 years. He has this, he just has this ginormous bladder. The bottom half of his body is turned into all bladder now. And he's just like, now he's just like Pearl from Blade. He's just like this big bloated thing. We're leaving you behind. We're turning on the water. And we put on a sound machine of nothing but waterfalls and rainstorms. We're leaving you in prison. We're headed out. To the Pentagon. We're walking down the hallway. I'm doing that noise. I'm doing my... I should hire someone just follow me around with a drum. That would make me... Everything I do sounds so much more official. Wouldn't it? be kind of hard to record a podcast. But we're walking through the halls of the Pentagon. And for this story, we're joined by Ori. Now, Ori, he was flying around on the Carpenter Copter on Monday. He's a new Patreon supporter. He also, before he became a Patreon supporter, though, he sent me this conspiracy theory. It's kind of an interesting one. It's an interesting one in two ways. One, just the details of it. But two, it kind of shows how conspiracy theories are crafted in the first place. So let's go ahead and talk about the conspiracy. And conspiracy theory might not be the right word for it. Maybe it's just theory. Let's take a look at it. And Ori, thank you for uh, sending this to me. I find it very fascinating. We're sitting in the Pentagon. We're in a briefing room. President's sitting there. We got the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Everyone's wearing their medals and stuff like that. We're just kind of sitting there with smoking cigars because we're cool. We're cooler than them. We got our feet up on the table. They're like, sir, that's a $5,000 tactical table. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Smoking my cigar. So we're sitting in this room. And the president's sitting there, and everyone's sitting there, and some guy's like, okay, here's the problem, folks. Here's the problem. We have recently discovered proof of an alien probe in our solar system. Slide comes up. October 19th, 2017. Scientist Robert Work, Wyrk, were whatever, the guy doesn't even know. We're like, is this a scientist giving us these notes? He doesn't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. He's like, yes, I am the guy. Because I know how to pronounce other stuff. Just don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Robert Wyrk 
discovers Omuawau. <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> okay, you Omuawau is that big giant space rock that was all in the news back in 2017. I actually never covered it on the show. It was one of those stories that was just so popular like that's the thing sometimes people go why don't you cover that and 99% of the time it's because it's it's just it's it's such a common story this kind of phases it into something more interesting so I like that but when this thing was flying by I kind of figured I knew what it was at the time anyways and I didn't cover it it was uh, something that was just so common the same reason I didn't cover the drone sightings in Idaho earlier in the year I figured that was just mistaken and it turns out to be nothing and that's another reason why i didn't cover it so a lot of times i don't cover stuff because they're just super well known i like the obscure stuff but anyways i'm covering it now but i never learned how to correctly pronounce it om wow wow om om what means it's a hawaiian phrase it means something in hawaiian that's literally what it means no it means like the messenger I actually think what it means i'm not gonna bother looking it up because <laughs> that has nothing to do with what i'm talking about om wow wow is this big space rock that back in 2017 came into our solar system. Now, it's the first recorded interstellar object. And it's funny to think about that, because the solar system's so big, and everything that we see in... I mean, obviously, like, we see stars. That's not part of our solar system. But, like, Halley's Comet is considered, like, locked into our solar system. This is something that came... 100% within our lifetime came from another star system. First thing we've ever seen in the real, at least the past 200 years, we've really been able to identify it, but some people say it even goes farther back than that. First interstellar object we've been able to record. The angle it's coming in and the way that the speed that it's coming in made all the scientists go, this is not from this solar system. And so you had a lot of people, and you even had one legit scientist, or more than one legit scientist, but you had a few legit scientists, maybe three, saying that it was an alien probe, that it was a solar sail ship, and the sails are gone, and things like that. And you'd see a lot of images of Oumuamua, and that's exactly what they were. I know a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, it's cigar-shaped, just like the old, we don't know what it looked like. We've actually never seen it. The only thing we know is there's a little speck of light that was coming in from our solar system, which we had never seen before. And then right when it gets near Earth, it shoots off in the other direction. That is weird. And they go, well, it's the gravity of the sun is making it fly off in the other direction. So it's basically coming down. There's some really cool graphics that show it. it's coming down at an angle into our solar system. It gets to around Earth's orbit, sun's orbit. That's enough to shoot it off. It's still in our solar system. Within four years, it'll just be reaching Neptune. So even though this thing is moving fast, it's moving. It's one of the fastest moving objects, if not the fastest moving object we've ever seen in our solar system. It's still going to take four years just to reach Neptune. So they think it's been out there for billions of years. Billions of years. But we've never seen it. The reason why we get the cigar shape, and you'll see that very common shape. It looks like a Zentradi ship. It looks like a Zentradi ship from Robotech. But there's a lot of, of images of it, but they're really just artist rendering. And, they, and a lot of people got confused by this. It looks like a giant kind of lumpy piece of poop flying through space. We don't know the color. We don't know really what it's made out of. We don't even know if it's a cigar shape. They do say it, te- it looks like it's 
Ten times longer than it is wide. But the only reason we've come to that conclusion is the way the light rotates. We have never actually seen this thing. And now that it's moving away from us, it's invisible. It's no longer showing up as a little shining light. It's completely invisible. So as this thing was coming in, most people were going, oh, that's interesting. It's time to do Christmas shopping. You had a group of people going, whoa, this is fascinating. It's an interstellar object. The first interstellar object that we've ever recorded. And then you had a group of people saying it was an alien probe. So you have all those groups of people. The interesting thing about Ori's conspiracy theory is that it's one of the key things that how conspiracy theories grow. Coincidences. Now, some people believe in that everything is a coincidence. Whenever something comes up that it's a coincidence. Some people have no sense of coincidence at all. And then you have people like Garrick from Deep Space Nine, one of my favorite quotes from one paranoid person to another. I believe in coincidences. Coincidences happen all the time. I don't trust coincidences. And that's really where the next things we're going to talk about could simply be coincidences. Could simply be coincidences. But the question is, do you trust these coincidences? Ori's conspiracy theory also is based on the fact, and I find this fascinating. I think there's either the conspiracy theory that aliens are working closely with governments of the world and their shadow governments and all these little things we see going on. Reptiles are running the British government and all that stuff. You either have that or you have the fact that all the governments of the world have no idea what aliens are, but they believe that they're here. And that's why they're constantly chasing with their fighter jets. That I think that's actually a more likely one than the one that governments are actually working with aliens. Because if that was the case, there would be a one. There would have been a one-world government the day one of the groups aligned themselves with the Greys. It would just be the end, right? You wouldn't have Liberia going. No, we're going to do things our own way. As like UFOs are flying everywhere, or if Liberia got a hold of the UFOs, then everyone would just be uh, Liberian. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have that. This theory is interesting because it basically says neither of those are true. Neither of those are true. All the U.S. because it would it would start something. Let's say that the governments of the world, like when Trump goes, I don't believe in aliens. Like that, it, that there may be elements within the militaries around the world that goes, we don't know what these objects are. But then at the at the top level, they're just like, well, I don't believe in aliens, so it's probably foreign drones or glitches or something like that. You wouldn't have aliens working with governments. You wouldn't have the UFO sightings we're seeing actually being real. What this conspiracy theory puts forth is all of that stuff was trick of the lights or maybe some other sort of paranormal phenomenon we can't describe. Plasma charges, we've talked about that. Atmospheric anomalies, all these things. But this probe that came from another solar system into our own, that's when the governments of the world said... Uh-oh, we, the, this is not good. This is no longer a science fiction story. That happened on October 19th, 2017. That's when it was discovered. And then it takes time to fly in our solar system, and now it's headed on its way out, but it's still in our solar system. Since 1982, we have had a space force. But it was under the jurisdiction of the Air Force. It was known as the Air Force Space Command. And so you had the Air Force, it was basically a division of the Air Force, and they used it to bolster the military might of the United States. 
The first Iraq war was considered in military circles the very first space war. Because we were using satellites to watch where people were. Oh, troop movements in this area. Let's just just lay them out. Totally changed warfare. Iraq, that first Iraq war, man, I was in 7th grade when that happened. Something like that, dude. It was over before I graduated to the 8th grade. Over. There was no like, oh, we need to leave troops behind. It was done. The military might just overwhelm the Iraqi army. Pushed them out of Kuwait. It was over with. Big part of that was satellite footage. We knew where everything was. That was because of Air Force Space Command. There had been people saying, listen, we need a dedicated military branch that only does space. Just like it used to be the Army Air Corps. The Army used to handle all of the planes. And eventually they said, listen, air superiority is so important. We need to have people that only focuses on the Air Force. Because otherwise, Air Force is simply a tool of the Army. 1982, people started pushing for a dedicated command structure, dedicated resources, dedicated soldiers. 100% focused on space. Air Force said no. Now, of course, you're always going to say no. If you have a job... You really, really like your job. You're doing really well. And then someone comes in and says, we're going to cut your job 10%. We're going to create someone else to do 10% of your job. You might kind of like that because it gives you a little bit of a break. But you also know that you're basically, they're going to take away 10% of your funding as well. But we're also going to cut your paycheck 10%. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's what would happen. So Air Force kept saying, no, we're going to do this. We're going to keep this. Now... A lot of you may not know this, but American politics is incredibly divisive these days. I know that is a controversial statement. I know all of you guys thought both parties worked together for the common good of mankind, but it's not. I must say that as an American, I have seen one or two examples lately of the parties not getting along. Back in 2017, before Omuwawa was discovered, And I know that hurts people's ears every time I mispronounce it. I apologize. But four months before it was discovered, you had Representative Mike Rogers of Alabama and Jim Cooper of Tennessee create a bill in the House of Representatives to create a space force. Bill fails. The bill fails. They wanted to completely separate from the Air Force. Doesn't pass. Now, the Air Force was pushing heavily against this. Heavily against this. Passes in the House, fails in the Senate. You think that's pretty much it, right? There's a lot of bills are constantly being drafted and failing. It's part of the system. But then, our interstellar visitor pays us a visit. Eight months after it is discovered, March 2018, Trump publicly begins to push for a Space Force. June, just a few months later, 2018, National Space Council, Department of Defense, under Trump's directions, get this thing started. February 2019, Space Policy Directive 4 is drafted and set up to create the Space Force. December 2019, bipartisan vote, House of Representatives and Senate both pass a package deal worth $730 billion in military funds, and specifically 
the creation of a sixth branch of the military, U.S. Space Force. Within two years of Oumuamua being sighted, two years, a sixth branch of the military was created. Something that hadn't been done since the 1940s when the Air Force was created. Just, let's get it done. Now, it's really, really difficult to get stuff passed. And that, that's actually, one of, I think, one of the beauties of the American democracy. That keeps a lot of garbage from being, a, a bunch of garbage laws from being created. It's, it's supposed to be difficult. For this to happen, you would have had to have some crazy things going on. One, you'd have to have both the Republicans and the Democrats agree. Well, right there, that's the first one. The Republicans and the Democrats agreeing. Two, you'd have to have the Democrats agreeing with Trump to create and fund, with all new money, a sixth branch of the military. You would need conservatives who are very, very cautious about spending money you know, very libertarian, you would have to have the Air Force drop their opposition to it. Because, listen, any senator or representative who had an Air Force facility in their district would have been pushed hard to vote against this. You're a congressman from Texas, and in Texas there is a massive training facility for Air Force personnel. They're going to push you to not vote for this. You have to overcome the resistance of the Air Force. You have to overcome the resistance of politicians who hate Trump and don't want anything he wants. you got to overcome politicians who like Trump but don't want to keep raising the bill and building government, making it bigger and bigger and bigger. All objections pretty much put aside. The creation of the Space Force happened in December 2019. The Space Force is set up for space warfare. And their only focus is space. Now, of course, all the military branches work together, so they're going to be giving satellite information to the military, to the Army and the Marines down on Earth. But they are looking now for soldiers to serve in space. And in a time where you have all of these differing political factions, you could go, that money could go to building the wall you promised, Mr. Trump, or that money could go to helping these people, to rebuilding these schools, to do whatever political aisle you're on, you could find a better, quote-unquote, better use for that money, depending on your political ideology. It went to create an army in space. Coincidence? That's the question, right? That's the question. Is it a coincidence that within two years of sighting this interstellar object, that we now are working to having a fighting force in space, that Trump is pushing to get us on the moon, to begin mining the moon, to then use the moon as a platform to go to Mars? I mean, the skeptic in you goes, yeah, it's a coincidence. All of those things can happen. All of those events are real, and things happen like that sometimes, right? But the timing seems bizarre. The timing seems bizarre. But again, that's a conspiracy theorist versus a skeptic. 
France. We're not the only ones doing it. Which makes sense. I, I've talked about Space Arms Race. I covered Space Force like on episode 7. When he first announced it. It'll create an arms race in space. Russia will want to go up. China will want to go up. France, they have a plan in place. By twenty, They've announced by 2030 we want to have weaponized satellites. We're going to launch a satellite. And then orbiting it are going to be smaller satellites with guns. We're going to have weaponized satellites. Now, you've got to wonder how, how like are other satellites coming to beat up the French satellite? And they're like, oh, so they have to have bodyguards? Or is it for something else? Are they building wet weapon platforms? I mean, again, they said, and they're, they're not just dreaming about it. They're saying by 2030, we want to have weaponized satellites up in space. China's worked on shooting satellites down, but we're talking about having a permanent presence in space. Imagine that. Your buddy could be like, hey, I'm enlisting. Oh, really? Where are you getting put? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I'll be in space. What? Yeah, yeah, I'm enlisting in the Space Force. What? Yeah, I'm going to do two years floating around the moon. That will be weird, but that's a reality we're facing. You will see young men and women doing tours of duty in space. Now, I don't know if it's two years because, you know, they say your muscle tissue and everything goes down, but bizarre, bizarre. You'll have children being created in space, children being um, conceived in space. It'll be a normal thing in the scope of our lifetime. But all of that aside, all of that kind of philosophical human evolution stuff aside, was one created by the other? For decades, people were talking about having a separate space force. And you go, Jason, didn't earlier you say Trump said he doesn't believe in aliens? Why would he create a space force to fight something he doesn't believe in? He did make the statement in 2019 that he, did, he, did, he got briefed on UFOs, but he didn't really believe in them. But he also said in that statement, I thought this was kind of interesting. He says, quote, I think our great pilots would know. And some of them really see things that are a little bit different than in the past. So we're going to see, but we'll watch it. I think this also goes to the theory that aliens are not among us now. But he's saying, hey, you know, people have seen something that's a little bit different than we've seen before, which could co coincidentally also mean this thing coming into our solar system that we've never seen before. And we'll watch it. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll see if this thing does anything weird. Now, every president, every world leader wants to extend their power and wants to extend the grip of their military might. So it's very likely that Trump saw an opening and created a fighting force in space. But again, it's just weird that so many chips had to fall on the table the way that they did for this to happen. But again, that's the amazing thing about conspiracy theories. They are created from coincidences. If we had discovered this probe and 40 years later created the Space Force, or if the Space Force had been separated from the Air Force in 1982, and we see this probe today, you never would have connected the two. The fact that they both happened within two years of each other. And Ori, again, thanks for crafting this. He's the one who put this out. The way that these two things happened relatively close to each other is what makes it odd. So is this a conspiracy theory drafted by a young fan of a handsome podcaster? Or is this a puzzle piece that no one put together before? And now we have a clearer picture 
as to why so many political and financial hurdles were leaped so quickly. So if you are thinking about signing up for the Space Force, we, of course, here at Dead Rabbit Radio, support you, as we support all of our men and women who are in public service. But just be aware, there is a chance that you may get a cushy job floating around on the moon eight hours a day, kicking your feet up, getting high on moon dust. There is also a likely chance that halfway through your tour of duty, when you're hitting on that hot enlisted girl in her skin-tight astronaut suit, that as you're ready to make your move on her, you hear a klaxon alarm. And you put on your little bubble helmet, and you run in and you're grabbing your space gun. It's just a regular gun, but it's in space. And you're running out of your base. And then you're like, oh no, I forgot there's less gravity. And then like you remember to turn on your gravity boots. And now you're running on the surface of the moon along with all your other fellow soldiers uh, running on the moon. A bunch of dust is getting kicked up. And you look up into that pitch black sky. And you see a little dot of light headed straight for the moon. And then another one. And then another one. Ten more. Fifty more. You thought you were just going to be one of the first soldiers in space. But now, you're on the front lines of the first interstellar war. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. I love you guys. Be kind, be safe. I'll see you guys tomorrow.